0: you're ready to be premature wow, all over again <laughs> yeah. wow, that's, that's quick. impressive quick reset,
1: yeah. quick, reset. Yeah. quick reset yeah that's right looking okay. gin balls it's just gonna be a vicious cycle who knew the job was pro bono i was so high that um i shit myself at some point <laughs> <laughs> okay i can still hear somebody somebody everybody mute Goddamn, you're killing me <laughs>
0: My SEAL Team 6 with the SEAL Team 12. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. The, the point you get it. better. Well, it's I don't know what's worse You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated.
0: You <laughs> sit around and drink and solve the world's problems, right? Hey, let's go
3: ahead and unwrap this <laughs> present so and let uh, the debate I- begin.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. New week, new topic. Obviously, with the way things have been going lately, this topic is going to be an interesting one. We'll see what the boys have to say about this one when we get into it. But before we do that, gentlemen. How is everybody doing? How? There it is. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka, motherfucker. <laughs> if you won't do it, I will. Uh-oh, that's fine.
0: <laughs> oh, Give him the love. <laughs> that's right. Give him the love. That's right.
2: Why um, you put
0: him in, not me? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me.
2: When you're talking to the two time. Uh, all right. So we've got a good one today. I think, uh, you know, for me, this is going to be an interesting one. I'll have to see what you guys have to say about it. But before we do that, let's jump into our drinks. I'm going to go first obviously, you know, I have been amassing alcohol lately. So I decided I'm going to try one. I got a bottle of wild Turkey rare breed and it is 116.8 proof. And so I looked around to see what can I do with this? And, uh, the drink is called the scofflaw. It came off their website. And so it is the bourbon It they say that you can do it with a rye. I'm doing it with just a, a straight bourbon. And then I mixed in dry vermouth, lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice. Mac, thank you for asking. Two dashes of grenadine and a dash of Angostura bitters. And you shake that up. You beat the shit out of that in the shaker. And then I just poured it over my metallic uh, metal ball, frozen ball. And so that's what I'm having is the scofflaw, S-C-O-F-F-L-A-W. No idea. I didn't didn't look up the history of it, but- Scofflaw. (laughs) So that is what I am doing. And it is quite tasty nice all right (laughs) all right uh grinch go grinch go grinches i like it there you
0: go uh what are you drinking today i'm drinking jim beam and coke in a red solo cup yeah (laughs) that's not the only thing you take out of a solo cup
1: (laughs) one grinch uh, one cup that's it (laughs) Nice. Oh, <laughs> shit. All right. This is going to be a
2: good God, one. I can tell already. Uh, all right. Haas, what about you, brother? What did you bring a, a glass full of hope to the table? What did you bring to the
1: table? I brought a glass full of tastiness.
2: Oh,
3: what is what
1: this? I yeah, yeah. This is a glass full of Don Papa rum.
3: So I've it's been by looking, itself.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've been looking for this Don Papa rum for a while here, and I finally came across some. So I picked up a few bottles, and I have been. I want to say slowly and gradually appreciating it, um, Mrs. Would, would probably beg to differ. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but yes, I. Uh, you, you're saying I uh, you have an evaporation problem at your house, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you that 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 Angels Cut. I mean, I don't know where. Like it's like it, I blink and half the bottle's gone. It's unbelievable. Um, now, this stuff is really good. Um, it's probably my favorite rum now. You
2: pointed- I pointed. Yeah, yeah. You pointed it out to me and I tried it. That was very good.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can just sit and sip on this for days. Yes. So tasty.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So just Don Papa straight. Nothing wrong just with Don that. Don Papa straight, baby. Over one ice, one ice cube?
1: One ice cube. One ice
2: cube. All right. Big Mac, what are you plowing through on this episode?
3: So uh, today, I uh, something I've done before, um,
2: I'm just a mo- doing a mojito. Oh, okay. Um, With a mixer? I, Is it a mojito With mix? a mixer?
3: yes it's a mixer um pre-made. like, it, like it. actually I, well you know going way back to last year uh the wife had bought me a box of you know kind of pre-made mixers so small sample size so i'm at about four of them left now i'm just trying to kind of plow through them so you can get uh, more right closet yeah. so i can get more right. um and also i still had the florida kanye rum uh, that we all purchased when we were together so i'm trying to finish that off as well um you know, because I need to clean up space so I can start hoarding rum like you can or, or all sorts of beverages. <laughs> um so that that's what I made
2: today. Quick and easy. Very nice. Pre-made mojito and just added rum. Easy peasy. Yep,
3: and it's uh it's tasty. Taste I like it.
2: All right. Uh do we get everybody set in? Yes, sir. Yes. It's, oh fancy somebody is popping in hold on oh hold on if only <laughs> uh, all right gentlemen all right, i'll see you guys later then <laughs> uh as you always bring
3: two pre-made mixers to the table and you yeah, get yeah, canned what exactly the fuck?
2: man you got to step out of your comfort zone a little <laughs> oh, bit before shit. we start as always i say cheers yeah. to you gentlemen cheers right. gentlemen Thanks, i'm not sure that's really what are you drinking out of that you said because I can't yeah, really, st-
0: Coke. that's what you say. I can I'll it? spill it on the uh-huh. <laughs> Just
2: like waterfall that shit in your mouth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Ready Cheers. for so What
1: you guys do on Friday nights. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: uh, all right. So uh, topic as of late, if you have not been paying attention. In, I, I, we do a sister podcast to this one, A Spirited Debate. We do a sister podcast called Liquor and Leagues. And in that, we talk about uh, SEC football almost exclusively. Occasionally, we'll step out of the SEC, but we really kind of dive into the SEC football experience on that show. And so, obviously, as the season has wound down and all we're left with are the championship, you know, the bowl games and, and games of that that ilk, we thought it would be good to talk about a major issue that has occurred in college football as of late and it has to do with a coaching carousel and year in and year out obviously this is an issue you know teams are firing coaches coaches are leaving coaches are moving on getting hired by bigger and better schools and so we thought it might be interesting to talk about the pay disparity within college football and one of those things that we've talked about previously was uh collegiate compensation for athletes and how they weren't getting compensated in any way, shape, or form. And now the NCA has released that sanction. And now they do have NIL where they can do name, image, and likeness, and they can go out and they can finally find money. <clears throat> However, there is a massive disparity between what athletes are getting paid and what coaches are getting paid. So we thought on this episode, as we are winding down towards the national championship game, that we would talk about the coaching carousel that has been occurring, but From the perspective of money that gets thrown around in collegiate sports, we'll probably focus mostly on football, I would imagine. But uh, something tells me this occurs all over the, the collegiate sports world. But as we look at college football and what coaches are getting paid, what their buyouts for contracts are, and how that is so disconnected from what athletes are getting paid, it is fucking ridiculous the more research I do. So that's what we're going to talk about. So who would like to jump us off first?
0: Me? Well, uh, I can offer, you know, I mean, I sent out that one article. I mean, obviously the two biggest ones that, well, I mean, a couple of things. One, we saw um, firing midseason, which is more commonplace. We didn't even think that would happen in the COVID year. We thought for sure, like, every coach might be safe till the end in the COVID year. And yet still we had coaches get fired, like Gus Malzahn, um, at Auburn. Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Um, So we saw the coaching carousel uh, already in effect. And I think a couple of things contribute to that. One is the early signing day in December 15th. And I think it's also the fact the transfer portal is heavily in play. Mm -hmm. Um, The other aspect is the willingness to throw money at huge contracts. Because we all, you know, Jimbo Fisher comes to mind from recent times. You know, what a 10-year contract. And then we get into this year, and we saw openings at USC with Clay Helton getting fired. Uh, We saw LSU make a move with Ed Ogeron, who got the coach to the end, but we knew was stepping away. Um, Dan Mullen at Florida. Um, You know, I want to say, you know, Justin Fuentes, Virginia Tech, Bronco Mendenhall stepping down at Virginia. I mean, I want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like we're at 14, 15, 16 coaches now. Um, that have all either decided to step down or were fired, and then we saw. I, I, I got to be honest, I did not see Lincoln Riley going to USC. I, More I did not or expect less it.
2: So than, than Kelly going to. Yes, LSU. and LSU. then LSU. to be
0: followed by, you know, Brian Kelly, who I I just didn't see that happening. Um, going from Notre Dame of all places to LSU um so if you didn't two, see that two then you surely, as
1: i was about to say then you surely didn't see that lincoln Riley is going to make 10 million plus a year yeah and and chip kelly is making what nine and a half million which both obviously chip jumped or over brian kelly brian kelly, or brian kelly, brian kelly sorry. Yeah. uh jumped yeah, over kelly. and supersede nick saban who's making you know uh well, a little over nine million a year yeah. and,
0: and and then no well, those are getting just extended
1: that, yeah james franklin
0: thing. getting extended no yeah, yeah. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. Go ahead no, Matt. I
3: was going to say, well, those are just astronomical numbers um, for, for anybody to get paid to coach a game. The, the bigger problem I had, especially with the, uh, the Brian Kelly contract, was it's $100 million over 10 years.
2: Well, it's technically I think ninety-five million Well, it's
3: ninety five million yeah. over ten years. There's a longevity bonus, right? Um, right. He's getting one point five million
1: dollars for a house. He's getting two cars. Ultimately, he's getting you know strippers. Uh, yes. But the the it, point being, like, oh, but all of a strippers? sudden now he can now, but now all of a sudden he can speak with a southern accent. Oh I well, I know. I, go, man, magically, <laughs> that's all it took. <clears> throat> How throat>
2: many
3: coaches stick around? For ten years, I know. I mean, that—that's what I had. The bigger well, problem, I mean, Gary, there's a lot of
0: problems with it. But what Gary Patterson was at TCU for what twenty two? It years? happens, right? right it but it's it's
3: the exception, not the norm lately.
0: Um, Narduzzi, so yeah. No, I'm I'm just throwing out some some yeah. odd man examples. I know it's, I completely agree. Is like that is a huge financial commitment, right? And well, and
3: you know you're probably going to end up buying that out.
0: And I the odds of him why, staying for ten years are wonder, like now. why
1: is ten years the mark? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the things I saw was well, hold, hold on, let's,
1: hold, hold on. Ten years is the mark. If you believe deep down that is your ride or die for yeah. the long term, because you're getting a meta deal. But can you really tell me that LSU believes that, that Brian Kelly is their ride or die for the next decade?
0: Well, to, I guess to your point, if like for example, Saban is the highest, you know, one of the highest paid coaches who has multiple national championships under his belt, and you lock in somebody else at a 9.5 for 10 years, you have to assume new hires in the next two, three, five years are going to be pushing past 10, mm-hmm. is my guess.
1: Because right, all it does is fluctuate up, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, they, right? They do the same thing in the NFL with NFL quarterbacks when they're giving them deals or mm-hmm. extensions. They're trying to lock them in for longevity, and they're trying to lock them in for less money over more time. Yeah. Because that's just good math. Right. But I think well, to go back to what Mac was talking about, what was the last time, or even you, Grinch, were saying, was the last time we saw a coach? I mean, stay that long period of time in the SEC. It's rare.
2: I mean, well, Nick uh, Saban's
1: one of the more long, long tenured coaches.
2: Yeah. But we're talking anywhere in college football, right? You mentioned Patterson. Dabo Sweeney's been 14 years at Clemson. So, I mean, it does happen. One of the interesting things I, I saw was they didn't have the exact confirmation in terms of the details, but Lincoln Riley going to USC, it wasn't a definitive, but they said $110 million. They bought out both of his homes in Norman for 500,000 over the asking price. They bought him a $6 million home in LA. He gets the unlimited use of a private jet 24 and, seven. And it's like, what the fuck man and he was making eight million uh he was fifth in pay he was yeah he was, making yeah, he was like seven in change right yeah seven yeah. six yeah. he was making 7.6 yeah. at oklahoma yeah well and
0: it's and, just and, like I, I, mean. <laughs> I mean the various aspects of this i mean one we, we just kind of spoke to what the numbers are and why which is if you think you got your guy you pay lock for them. them in right. lock them in because every recruit knows they're there for a 10-year contract
2: yeah but let's look at the top 10 let's look at the top 10 right three of the top 10 lsu's ed ogeron florida's mm-hmm. dan mullen tcu's gary patterson of the top 10 those three got fired mm-hmm. so they those i guarantee you those programs thought they had their ride or die as haas put it and two of them obviously recent hires gone gary patterson at tcu now gone and so it's like what the fuck man And if you think think if you think that's bad nick saban making 9.7 million a year to coach alabama the other stat that nobody ever talks about is the buyout option yeah texas a&m is paying jimbo fisher seven and a half million he has the most lucrative buyout contract at 96 million dollars if anybody wants to take him which is why he'll never fucking go anywhere Because nobody's well, going to
0: pay that. And, you know, and I know we're, we love college football and we've talked about this before. For anybody who's, you know, not in the United States who doesn't really follow the sport, like you have to understand this person is the highest paid state employee by far. Far. Right. By far. The next closest are like coordinators, offensive, defensive, because your athletic director isn't making it's probably making six figures the president of the university isn't making the a president million dollars. is making like six figures right. the chancellors the board of trustees oh, oh. none of the, them are coming the close. governors the governor, or lieutenant
1: governors or so, you know the people the comptrollers of the state or the people who are in, tr- in charge of like you know uh the social health care or whatever i mean and,
0: and maybe you guys mentioned i think maybe you mentioned this on the last liquor leagues of you know so it comes down to what is the value of winning? And I, I heard the example, or maybe you all said it, which is, you know, Alabama is now like a nationally recognized brand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so in terms of people, students around the world who might apply to that school, that's gone up because of the recognition at a national level of an Alabama.
2: Yeah, that's an intelligent thought. I probably said that.
0: That was me. It it Probably. And if you make to, I want to say if you make it into like a New Year's Day six, I want to say you get like four million, like your conference gets like four million per team. I I forget the numbers, but either way, it, it translates to a fair amount of money. The more you make it into the depth of the national playoff. So, I mean, there's value there, not to mention branding, not to mention all the odds and ends. And then we see the NIL is starting to increase, but that's what you have to believe is you are buying success, which, you know, when I think about like CEOs and things like that for the company, I've always questioned, I'm like, are they really worth that to the company? Right. You know, you're going to make them, you're going to pay them 40 million a year. Are they, are they producing that much for the company? And, and A lot of that's
2: it, not cash when you're paying a CEO, right? That's yeah, stock options. Yeah, it's coming in in other, in other ways, right? But yeah. in, in college athletics, they can't pay them with stock options. That doesn't exist. No. So you are paying them straight out of pocket for that. You know, the top 10, obviously, Nick Saban at the top, 9.7 at Alabama. Ed Ogeron was $9 million at LSU. Stanford's David Shaw Clemson's Dabo Sweeney, 8.3 Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley, 7.6. And the list goes on. Like your Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby smart was eighth on the list at 7.1. You get some of these names, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, but TCU, Gary Patterson mm -hmm. being 10th at 6.1. And it's just like, (laughs) fuck, you know? And again, Texas is a big state. They got a lot of deep pockets. You know, uh, I'm surprised the coach of Texas is not on this list. Because I know their boosters will throw money around.
1: Well, Sarkeesian's at five point four five.
2: He's on the bubble, right? He's close, uh, but yeah, it's like Sarkeesian. we, yeah, we talked about uh, Billy Napier coming from Louisiana. Uh, I don't know his contract details, Mac. I don't know if you've looked at his contract details for Florida yet. But I, I know he yet. was he was making like two million a year at Louisiana for the Raging Cajuns. And that was his base salary plus all of the bonuses he was going to get. And he wasn't even making $2 million. We talked about this with Shane Beamer when you sent out the article about Oklahoma potentially picking up Shane Beamer his first year at South Carolina. He's making like $2.5 million at at South Carolina. If he goes to Oklahoma, you know they can double his salary overnight. And that's a, a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were paying Lincoln Riley 8000000 million.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like, as a coach, I realize you're in it for money. Obviously, the love of the game, maybe, whatever. But the salary aside, looking at some of these buyouts, Nick Saban, 38 million. Ed Ogeron, they're going to pay him 17.1 million and they fired his ass. Dabo Sweeney makes 8 million. His buyouts, 47.5 million to go anywhere else. Lincoln Riley was 25.8 million. USC is going to carry the buyout on him. And I think I saw in an article like they agreed it's like four and a half million is what US. Yeah, and think pay. about
1: that. If you're Oklahoma, you're now twenty-eight or was it twenty-five point eight million dollars wealthier? Right. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to throw at your next coach.
0: Exactly. Well, it you know, and that's the other aspect of this is there's there's what the institution is applying, and then there's what the boosters are putting in. And in the case of like a USC, USC knew they needed to make a big splash. And so, you know, there's one aspect of the you're a FCS coach and you're progressing up. Um, you know, you could maybe make that case with a Josh Heupel, although I get it's not quite the same because he was at Boise, right? Um, and then you get like a, like a Shane Beamer. You know, those are the ones you sort of see as like the next generation coming in. And then you have a coach going from a power five to a power five, and it begs the question of so why? Now, what I I think we all read that you know that I shared that one article and I learned a little bit reading it, which is so if you're if you're Brian Kelly, why leave Notre Dame? And you know the the answers that were in the article was well their academic standards and the fact they're independent meant he's probably achieved all he can achieve there. Now at LSU. The recruiting grounds are a lot, you know, more fertile and he can bring in more talent and there's opportunity. Now he's got to go up against an Ole Miss and the state and Auburn and Alabama year in and year out, which is kind of why they suspected Riley made the decision. It was very lucrative, but made the decision to go to the Pac-12 because he saw a clear path. To the national championship, it didn't go that through didn't the
1: The path of least resistance, right.
0: right? Right. Well, here's the interesting
2: part about Lincoln Riley. Right. He's got his buyout from Oklahoma, which USC is going to handle. All of the things we talked about USC doing for him already. If it a is 110 million dollar contract, a private jet, a six million dollar home in LA, never mind the fact they fired Clay Helton's ass and they got to pay him 10 million in a buyout just to have him go away.
3: Well, and now yeah. you look at the same thing with uh, with Dan Mullen. They're paying him twelve million dollars, straight up cash, to buy a out, out the, the rest of his contract, yeah. and and go play some or go coach somewhere else potentially. Right. And then you've got to pay Billy Napier, whatever his contract is. I, I couldn't find the details on yeah, it. Uh, it Hasn't been announced yet, but you you've got to think. I mean, he was making two point five million a year at Louisiana. So at minimum, it's two point five million a year. We obviously know it's going to be more than that. It's probably where, double that. Where does all of right. this money come from? I, I mean, you know, well, we know clearly these schools the, are making money. But the television but, deals. But well, think it's about like, it. $10 million or $12 million to pay somebody to go away. How many
1: How many scholarships could that be? For, for kids to come to school. How, how, right? how much is that going go towards research and development? Because I don't know if a lot of people know right. this, but um, like the University of Florida, years ago when I worked for a one of the most prestigious Prestigious patent firms uh, in the Southeast, definitely in Atlanta. One of our biggest clients was the University of Florida. And we did a lot of patent work for them for different drugs and stuff, clinical drugs. And so a lot of these universities, they spend a lot of money. Okay, like Wake Forest yeah. has a patent on um, uh, there's a thing where, like, when you get sliced open for surgery or whatever, they put a, a wound vac on you now. And that was invented and patented out of, out of Wake Forest. I mean, some of that stuff is worth a lot of money to the university, but think about the money they're spending in, in, in collegiate sports and on these coaches that they could be putting back into that.
2: Right, now we talked about this when we did our collegiate compensation. And I know I took the stance that, hey, students are getting a scholarship. They, they're getting a full ride education, hands down, that's paid for no matter what happens after college. <clears throat> But admittedly, I didn't look at this aspect of it. I didn't look at what coaches were getting paid. We talked about what, what money programs were bringing in, but I wasn't looking at what coaches were getting paid. And, and when you start to look at that, you go, well, this guy's making nothing as an athlete, and his coach is making $9.753,221 million a year if you're Nick Saban. And the quarterback's not making shit. And so that's an entirely different fucking ballgame.
3: Uh, no, that, and that's a great point. Right.
2: It,
3: you know, if, if I'm that kid, you know, I'm risking life and limb, right. I'm out there on the football field. Clearly this hits. is, you know, yeah, clearly there for most of those kids, the ultimate goal is to make it to the next level, the NFL. Right. But that could be gone at any moment. You know, right. you take a hit, you break a leg, you know, and I'm not getting paid for that, but you're right. paying this guy $12 million to stand on the sideline. And and ultimately coach me, make me a better player to get me to the NFL. But it's just, you know, we, we've discussed this. Why should anybody make that much money? Well, it just seems ridiculous.
2: And then when you start to see the other aspects of of the deals that get made in terms of, like I said, I'll go back to Lincoln Riley, $110 million contract reportedly, no proof. No, it's nothing's been substantiated yet, but that's what they right. believe the contract is. But to get a uh your own private jet twenty four seven to get a six million dollar home office, what other job, what other line of work can you do that in?
3: You, you didn't get that when you changed companies.
2: I didn't. It's weird. Cle- I mean, clearly, I you need to hire a new agent. Um, yeah, that must be what it is.
3: Yeah, you're right. Though, I mean it's it's not even just about the money. It's about all the perks, right? You know, it, and. and-
2: And saying, "Hey, we're going to give you 110 million. Oh, but we're also going to give you five million to hire coaches, to hire your assistants, right? Because obviously they're part of that process and bringing in their own team, you know. And so there is a ton of money that changes hands for some of these coaches, and it's it's frankly it's fucking ridiculous at this point. I mean, it's really getting out of hand when you hear a Lincoln Riley, ten years, 110 million; a Brian Kelly, ten years, 95 million. On top, Mac, as you said, all the other perks that come along with that job." I guarantee so, you, sir. they bought him a home in Louisiana. He's, you know, they did,
3: yeah, one point five million, right? It's like,
2: uh, is
3: it's fucking, it's and, insane. And I would love to see what one point five million dollars buys you, buys in Louisiana. you, <laughs> right? I mean, yes, um, but but I, here's the problem, right? How do you put the, you know, how do you put the genie back in the bottle now? You right, can't. it's out. You know, how do you look at capping this to to prevent it because inevitably. If, you know, it's 10 years, 95 million, whatever, hundred million dollars today, what's it going to be in five years? You know, it's going to be obviously way more than that. Right. Um, And and if you can't live off of uh, $9 million a year, you need to seriously look at what you're doing.
2: Right. And again, I get get people will go, well, they, you know, they're used to a certain lifestyle.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I don't know what kind of lifestyle 9 million gets you but you're not
3: living it just so you
2: know <clears throat>
0: No, no, uh, not not even even none of us if even we with all, the, all of our
1: resources got. together <laughs> we're not making we're not even billion. getting close yeah
0: uh the, you know the only thing i'll say just on the research aspect is uh, there there are a number of what you know i in the business i've dealt with and i think people are familiar with this term and the colors of money there are grants and partnerships and other things that come through private industry that come from the state that come from federal you level pay for, it? for like research. Oh, um, oh, oh, god! Gotcha. you know, like for example, when I was a congressional fellow, um, GTRI, uh, Georgia tech research Institute every year had some things they would bring forward. Now this was back during the era of earmarks. So it's a little different, but they would have projects. They were working, but otherwise they all like, all These institutions partner with private industry, like especially like Wake, Duke, the you know, the research triangle, because you've got so, so much healthcare, big pharma. Oh, that's it, right? Um, if you're a healthcare they,
3: company, you're going to fund them. To that's right, that's right. You, you, you give
0: them grants and say, Hey, can you work mm-hmm. on X, Y, and Z? Um, it's not that the institution writ large doesn't benefit from ticket revenue from all those other things, but it isn't as clean as that it's kind of net income. And then there's some subsets of those, those funds below the line. I mean, now that said, it's still, it's a big ass number, right? So the institution is probably keeping its, its boosters fairly well informed. And they've got the finger on the pulse of like, what's going on here? And my guess is, especially with like Lincoln Riley, USC's probably got some pretty deep pockets, you know. Same with like Texas and some of these others that are like, I'll flat out pay for it. Well, and that's like, that's I'm a tired good. of this cat, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a question I'd like to ask. I wonder how much of that comes from, you know, the actual institution, you know, the school itself. And how much comes from, you know, the boosters. Boosters. Because clearly we know they've got a lot of money.
0: Well, and that's where I'm not sure how much transparency there is. Right.
3: Uh,
0: I just don't know, (laughs) you know, like, do they divulge? I assume if somebody really wanted to dig into it, they could probably get the financial I think it would have to be public record. Yeah. I would think it would have to be. If it's a state institution. Yeah. Yeah. There are public records. And there was another, uh, I can't remember which podcast we talked about, where we were talking about, like, redacting and censorship you know, the Freedom of Information Act. Like if somebody files for that, if there isn't anything that prohibits its release, then it goes through the process and then a media outlet or whatever can get their hands on it or, you know, anybody really.
2: Because right. it's, it's public information. You just have to That's request right. it. That's right. There is another aspect of this, the, the deep, dark secret that I'd like to talk about, but then nobody ever talks about because we talk about the salaries. We talk about the bio. Well, I guess this is part of the bio. This is something I did in my research I found And it's called dead money. Anybody know what that is? Nope. Nope. Yeah, I didn't either. But I bet you're going to tell us. I sure as fuck am. (laughs) Dead money is the money that gets paid to coaches after they have been fired. And
3: Uh, according... Yes. I want to ask you a question real quick.
2: Yes. Is this
3: separate from, say, like the buyout that they get?
2: No, this is technically that buyout part of the buyout yes. okay just and that's to make why sure I said we were clear on that. it yeah. doesn't deal with the salaries but the buyout You're right is they're part getting of it. no benefit
0: from it, but it's a right. cost
2: right and it's called dead money from January 1st 2010 to january 31st 2021, public universities and FBS conferences paid out more than five hundred and thirty three point six million in dead money
1: <laughs> to head
2: coaches in football oh, and men's and women's basketball
1: over um, almost a half a billion dollars.
2: In, in 10 years, according to financial of, of records. Wasted
1: money,
3: basically.
2: Obtained by ESPN through open state records. Wow. The total does not include any payments that were made to coaches who had previously been fired beyond January 31st. And I listed, I went out and did the research. I listed the top five. Gary Patterson, $18 million buyout. at Ogeron, that's $17 million buyout. Dan Mullen, 12. Clay Helton, 10. Matt Wells from Texas Tech, seven. So like- If you took all of the coaches in this year that have been fired, they're not even on the list. And it's 533 million. Dead money leaders currently Auburn, 31.2 million. Nebraska, (laughs) 25.8, followed by Texas at 21.5, Ole Miss at 20.4, and Kansas at 20 million. Jesus. Half a billion. And show me another
3: job that will fire you right pay you to go work out well <laughs> right. and
0: back to you <laughs> know mean. uh again i mean you know in the collegiate well. sports world the next in line you know for lack of a better term is the athletic director because they o- oversee all athletics right the whole. but they're still not paid anywhere on a scale that you would find for a head coach and the only two and you know it's worth noting your college football coaches are paid far more than anybody else. College basketball is next, yes. maybe. So, and there's probably sure. a pretty big drop there, but uh, it's not like the NFL. Like that article we were talking to, or you know shared, there is no GM. There's no partnership there. The head coach is the de facto GM in addition to being the head coach, so they run all aspects of the program. Right. You know, in terms of developing and and bringing on analysts, bringing on OCs, DCs, bringing in all their assistants, building that entire program, which is a bit of why you pay them so much. And then, oh, by the way, they work crazy fucking hours and they barely get any time off because the recruiting cycle is so intense when it's not in game. But from spring to early January, they have no lives. They have no lives, Well, you know, they acknowledge they recruit. have a home. And as I heard one coach say uh, in an interview on uh, Mark Packard, when, you know, he was asked, uh, Mark was asking this particular coach, like how's life and not dah da, dah, dah, and He's like, well, I leave before my wife wakes up and I get home after she's gone to bed it is what it is. That's, the, that's the life. That's why they get paid so much. You know, now they get paid a shitload, but there ain't a lot of coaches that actually there ain't a lot of people in this world who want to live that like life. that,
2: right? Yeah. I
0: mean, we talked about mental health earlier. Imagine <laughs> going like you're burning. You're not burning it at both ends. You're burning it at like every end. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, it is. It is not for everyone. And so, for anyone that thinks like, "Oh, that mon- money looks great," it's like it comes at a cost. I mean, well, supposedly that's, that's why. why
1: you see-
0: well, I was say that's supposedly that's why Bronco Mendenhall stepped down at Virginia. He just decided he didn't want to keep grinding that hard. Right. That wasn't what he wanted his, his life to be.
3: Well, and that's why you see such a small kind of group of people. Right. You know, we looked at that and we talked about that when, when Dan Mullen left, you know, who, who's who's out there to replace him. Right. I mean, right. because there is a small pool of candidates that, that are willing to take that on. And, of course, at, you know, as as you go to a bigger program, a bigger school, you have bigger responsibilities, you know. I, I'm sure, you know, I hope Billy Napier knows what he's getting into. I mean, coaching and recruiting and everything at Florida is going to be a lot different than it was at Louisiana.
0: Well, um, and what, what was the uh, – well, I think it was, again, in that same article of, like, there used to be this like gentleman's agreement in like the Big Ten of once a recruit was locked in, you left them be. And it's like SEC is like, Mm-mm. Mm, fuck Mm-mm. you. No, no. We, we'll flip anybody. We don't <laughs> care. Call it every day.
2: <laughs> well, look at how many are flipping to USC now that Lincoln Riley's gone there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like every day I'm getting a something across well, the wire and, saying,
0: hey. And we all knew, I mean, you just focus on USC. I mean, it's been known for years that they hemorrhaged talent out of the LA area. Yep. because Clay Hilton did not take recruiting seriously. His recruiting right. staff was like four or five people. Some of these other schools have like an entire staff dedicated to nothing but recruiting and scouting, and, yeah. and scouting, and they're going to do the head coach landing with a helicopter at the you know at a <laughs> high school game and shit like that. And you know, and they know all the big high schools. They have their they have the connective tissue. Uh, like yeah, they they're tapped into in. the different yeah. veins
1: of the different yeah. coaches who've mm-hmm. stayed in state for like decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. speaks
0: to why you've got to have depth and time, because every time you reset a coach, they have to completely rebuild that. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Mac, I, I think another. Go ahead. Uh, uh, you're, being that you're a
2: huge Vanderbilt fan, do you know what coach at Vanderbilt makes the most money? I'm going to
3: say their baseball coach.
2: He does. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Tim Corbin makes it, but he's also won a national World Series they, yeah, know they won yeah. twice, two World Series. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's I funny. Mean, I
3: don't always hate on Vanderbilt just their football team.
2: <laughs> it's funny when you look at the, the the 14 coaches in the SEC. The only unreported salary is Clark Lea. Vanderbilt University, the football coach. Everybody else is on record in terms of what they make. They're the only unreported salary, so I don't actually know what they make.
3: I think one other thing that just blows my mind, and God bless the agents for being able to do this. You see no non compete clause in any of these kinds. Right, you can go anywhere you want
2: afterwards. You can
3: go if if I'm, you know, a school. I'm putting in a non-compete clause that says, well, you know what, you can't go to another SEC I mean, I East think, team or an I SEC. I think. they how to get that in there, and somebody to agree to yeah, it's a different story. I but mean, I, I think they said like Brian failed. Kelly
0: was like traveling yeah. with his lawyer the whole while, like he was negotiating. And if I'm and I've mentioned his name before in liquor and leagues, I mean, there's like one agent that represents like ten of the fourteen <sighs> so, coaches yeah. in the SEC, right? sexton saxon whatever his name is that dude's making bank <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah
3: but
0: i just you know
3: show me, it's like, me the money <laughs> why, why, i would definitely think i would if i'm a, if i'm the school i would want something in there that says look you know if we buy you out you're not going to south carolina and coach against us we're not gonna pay you to let them pay you to come back and beat us you Know, I mean, yeah, you, obviously, you can't say you can't coach anywhere, you can't take away. I mean, I guess you could if you could get it in the well, contract. not the, hold on, well. It.
1: We, we we can go down the rabbit hole of non compete clauses if you want, but I don't think that's what we want to do. I'll simply say that they've they've somewhat been deemed unconstitutional, um, and they're not valid, but that's a different podcast. you, you um, want to talk maybe, about the constitution um, and you know, what anybody what I'll that? say is what I, I think you're right, Mac, but I feel as though. That ship has long since been sailed. Cool. I don't know. I don't know if you're one of these colleges or university. How do you roll that back? How do you then say, like if I'm a USC and, and like Grin said, I'm trying to make a big splash and get me a Lincoln Riley, how do I, how do I, you know, course him to come in here and then go, oh, by the way, we're gonna throw in a non-compete? Or, well, or, right and, and, or and how about this? Here's the problem I have. These coaches make a shit ton of money and I'm okay with that. If they produce, it's like anybody pay them a good solid base salary and then give them incentive bonuses. Yes. But what they don't do is like, okay, bro. Like, you know, I mean, they have morals clauses now. So that's a good out for the, for the universities. If that, if that has to be triggered, but they don't have a, well, you only Look finished 500. 500 <laughs> right? I mean, you finished 500. Um, yeah, no, you're, you owe us money, you know, or you finished less than 500. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I, I realized you can't go that way.
0: Well, that can't land the big fish that way, right? I mean, yeah, I know exactly it. what you're saying. It's just if I'm USC and I structure a contract that way and he's like, wait, well, like, I got you a lot can. more financial risk. If you were as opposed to a guarantee, like, how bad do you want me? Well, here's what you do it's, that. It's all You character. have to do it across the board. It's all right. Character. So you have to put in some sort of a cap
3: system for these teams that says everybody's going to be on the same playing field, Right. Because let's be honest. They're not right now. You know, USC, you know, and LSU clearly have money to throw at people and don't they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right. I mean, like you said, that's how we're going to land. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that
0: point, I mean, there's there's we talk about parity like that's a term that gets thrown around, uh, especially in college football. I mean, because if you look at like a Luke Fickle right now, who's overperforming his contract, Mm -hmm. right? you know, and interestingly, and I don't, I don't know him, I don't follow him that closely, but his name got brought up over and over and over again. Oh,
3: a lot of these.
0: And at the poker table, he kept saying, check, check. You know, and I'll be honest, I, I never once considered Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly leaving. Of all the names we thought, because they locked in Mel Tucker, they locked in James Franklin, and everybody was like, including me, was like, well, then who are we going with? And then when LSU said Brian Kelly, I was like, the fuck? <laughs> but wow. they they off, they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. That's it. Which gets into the personality of the coach of like, is it the geography? Are you okay with upending your entire staff? Is your family okay with where you're going? How's the recruiting? What is your path to the college football playoff look like? And if they're ambitious, these things are of interest to them.
1: Well, and let yeah. me ask you this. And to me, I was thinking about on the same vein of the same topic is is if I'm a potential player for one of these coaches, do I trust they're gonna be there for my entire collegiate career? Well, and that's they're they gonna you pick up see... and go somewhere else when the next big shiny paycheck comes across.
3: And that's why you see kids, you know, decommitting and changing their, their commitments. They see kids entering the transfer portal at all of these schools where the coaches have now left. And, and I will
0: right. say on that note, I do not question for one second, any player who says I committed based on these circumstances, the circumstances have changed. So for the yeah. players, you don't owe any explanation. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um But it also speaks to, the again, why you sign a multi-year contract, because you're showing through dollars how confident you are that you've got the right answer.
1: You're trying to show to the fans, and you're trying to show the prospective players that this guy's going to be here for a long time. This is the captain who's going to be ahead of our ship for many, many years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you one reason Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. Anybody know what he was making at Notre Dame?
1: Not, no, not as much as he's making now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> one point eight million dollars a year.
1: Oh wow! No, but, Notre Dame is high, bro. No, Notre Dame, they got They got to get their head out of their asses.
2: He was making they one point eight need, million.
1: They at Notre need Dame. to join the ACC in football.
2: But they here's the to. weird part about it: when you look at his contract at LSU, and I'm I'm not sure why. It says his base salary at LSU is four hundred thousand annually. Supplemental comp- compensation is eight point six million. What the fuck is supplemental compensation? What is that?
0: Because it's going to probably some creative bookkeeping. bookkeeping. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to keep, if I had to guess, I mean it's they like, are they're a private institution, right? Uh, it's similar to what Vanderbilt deals with, right? Because private institution. No, no, no I'm just saying what Notre Dame was. Doing oh, at. oh, no,
3: oh Notre you, Dame can do whatever the hell they want.
1: Yeah,
0: to yeah. but LSU—they're getting, they're
1: getting all that Catholic money, man. LSU is
2: listing. LSU did is listing Pope, his base salary.
0: Pope,
3: <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> if you're paying this guy nine the and a Vatican half million, said
0: he had a, he had a guaranteed gateway to heaven. Hell yeah!
2: If you're paying well, this guy <laughs> nine and a half million, why is his base salary four
0: hundred thousand? Yeah, no, I suspect there's some some creative bookkeeping right exactly
1: (laughs) yeah i think that's exactly what it is it's it's a way for them to financially make it work
3: yeah but i I talked to a guy that's a big notre dame fan and and he was a you know and i asked him i said you know how do you feel about this he said i'm okay with it he said i think he's done everything at notre dame he can do and and and, you know not a knock on him but i think it's time for a change And, and sometimes that just happens right the guy's not necessarily doing bad i mean you know They've been talked about right or wrong for playoff scenarios the last few years. Um, you know, so he's got them in the, headed in the right direction, but he's just not getting over that hump for
1: whatever reason. It could be. I that was Mark not- Richt, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> it, you know, my, my brother and I looked at this, do you know, the winningest SEC program in the last 20 years is Georgia. They only had one losing season one. And the only team to do that, even Alabama, I think had two or three. Yeah. And that was mostly under Mark Richt. He wasn't bad. He was consistently good. He couldn't get over he was that. Great. Right. He was consistently middle of the road. Well, not even middle of the road. Not even middle of like, the road. I mean, he was he good. Was, he, he, was, was, he, was, he was better than that. But he just could never get them to <laughs> the SEC championship game or a national championship. Yeah. yeah the problem
2: with I mean, Mark Rick you, is he spent you, a lot of years at eight and four, nine and three. And in the SEC, yeah. that's middle of the road.
0: Yeah. And when you go from like goof or golf, you know, and some of the others, it's just one of those like elevated the program. And I'm so glad. I mean, I know I, I talked a lot of shit about Rick. I mean, I'm, I'm very appreciative that the program recognized him this season that that was, that was the right answer. He undoubtedly elevated the program. He just couldn't elevate it any further. Right. And in fairness to him, I don't know when the Parkinson's started to take hold. I don't, you know, because he was only at Miami, like what, two seasons? I think so. Yeah, and then like tapped out. And then it came to light he had Parkinson's. So, I, I mean, you know, I hated the phrase. He's a good man. Hmm. He but, took the Urban Meyer approach, but <laughs> went to yeah, a whole another level. Yeah, <laughs> It's, it, it, you know, and that was always the gripe was, the recruiting and the potential is there. It just never seemed to all, you know, hit on all cylinders. Now. Okay. The year. I forget what year it was. Maybe it was 2017. When uh, Georgia played Alabama in the SEC championship game. Had it on the four yard line. And the clock expired. Whoever would have gone on to play Notre Dame that year would have trounced them. I mean, Alabama fucking crushed them in the national championship. So, Had that happened, he probably would have still been there. But either way, the I mean, what it comes down to with these big dollars is, do you believe this is the guy that's going to elevate your program for the foreseeable future? Now, I think there's a couple of interesting candidates that are still around to where. Like, why is it we still I mean, so Miami doesn't even have an AD, which is so interesting. And it still has a head coach yet. They're already talking about Manny Diaz getting fired, which is so odd, <laughs> you know, but you got Oregon talking about solidifying Mario Cristobal. You got discussions of Wood Lane, Kiffin move. You got Oklahoma Fucking rumors about Shane Beamer just because he was there before. And a lot of this is just people creating, you know, chaff and bullshit in the media space because they're not, Like how many media people actually got Brian Kelly right? To my knowledge, not a fucking one of them. I mean, to my knowledge, until it was a done deal. And then he showed up, gave like a two minute speech to his team and was like, Hey, uh, really love you guys. I'm out. Say it. (laughs) I'm gonna go make my hundred million in Louisiana. I mean, could you imagine being a player in that room? You're like, what just happened? (laughs) Or how about Oklahoma? Yeah, You're sitting there on that team going, okay, we're not playing in the big 12 championship and we just lost our head coach.
2: Yeah. But if he doesn't lose that game and he ends up in the big 12 championship, is this a different conversation? Did
0: you, I know. Right. Wouldn't it, that have did, been interesting? It,
2: right. Did this only occur because he lost and it was like, okay, now's the time for us to, to pounce on him. If you're USC, that's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question.
1: Same with like a Luke fickle.
2: Well, again, if you they go were with Luke, just on the cusp. If he rides out the high horse, does Oklahoma come calling?
1: So I'm looking at the, the three names with the most buzz right now are Brent Venables, which has always been there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He um, never leaves, but which, it always, it's always there. Well, right. there's talks it, well, about but, him going and, and,
1: to Florida as an assistant, as I saw. So, I mean, this might be the right opportunity he's been waiting for.
0: Oklahoma, yeah, and nobody better take Todd Munkin. Fuck off, everybody, back yeah. off. His name no, keeps so, coming up. I see that. Yeah, Brendan right. Fuck off, just fuck off. <laughs> 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 hold on, hold on. Hold he on. ain't going to Duke. Fuck off.
2: Yeah, but here's the problem. <laughs> right? Tell us they how you really feel. I don't want to interrupt Haas, but these teams have to make a decision before the recruiting cycle starts, right? They want to, like, well, Oklahoma shit, is you, hemorrhaging fucking know, players. Yeah,
1: we, National <laughs> right? committees is f-
2: what December fifteenth. So everybody yeah. wants to pull the trigger now. To get you a big name choice. in there, right? Yeah, you gotta. So, sorry, what were you saying? Brent Venables?
1: Yeah, Luke Fickle and Dan Lanning.
2: And who is oh, also Georgia. Who is also Georgia. You can't, no, you Georgia. can't have yeah. Lanning either. No. Yeah. Well, how, how
3: is Randy I'm Sanders telling you, bro. on that list?
2: Right? No. Just He's just, got to win today. No. That's why.
1: I'm broke. Gotcha.
2: Munkin no, and Lanning are both going to seek life you, elsewhere you, at some point.
3: You've
1: got to believe. You've got to believe, Grant, that if Georgia goes on to win a national championship, they're going to lose potentially their OC and or their DC somewhere.
0: I don't want to become the Alabama coaching carousel. I know does. what you want.
1: Take is you Bill want to O'Brien. Continue.
0: Just take Bill yeah. O'Brien from Bama no. again.
2: Kirby <laughs> wants to be the next Nick Saban. He's like, look, if we got to have a carousel, that's fine. Come back and try to be. It him. is Let's funny, though,
0: because when he was asked if he has a coaching tree, he was like, no. And we know that, you do know, do and them. he went down the list of like Shane Beamer and others. He's like, they're their own men. Mel Tucker right. worked for Kirby. He's like, no, they're their own men. I learned as much from them as they learned from me.
1: Look, I mean, the, the dude the,
0: ain't old.
2: No. <laughs> at the end of the day, the discussion comes back to are we paying these coaches too much?
1: Yes. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. I think but, that's but, a given. Because you like go, said, oh, well, they want to lock in their guy. Well, okay, pay him 10 million over 10 years, 2 million a year, or, or you know, uh 2 million over five years, right? And go, say, 10 million over five years, problem. two million a year.
1: Is that not enough to coach? But here's the problem. Touching on that, Grinch talks about this all the time. Clearly, the pain threshold has not been met.
0: Because these well, places
1: are still willing to pay this shit, and it's
0: supply and demand, right? Yeah. I mean, if you you that's gotta it, put right a number there. on the table that's gonna get them to move, yeah. And if that's what the market is saying right now, but and if the, you and the, and the thing is, it's probably never coming back. That's it. You you can't reel this back in, no, you can, can we stop the bleeding? You, you
3: you're not and unringing you can, this bell, but yeah. I, I don't think you can stop the bleeding unless you create the parity, and I don't know that you can do some sort of revenue sharing. In, co- in collegiate athletics, you know, not for to, coaches to kind pay. of
0: you, you yeah. get like bowls and all that, you know, revenue sharing, but not in coaches pay. And
2: I don't know what yeah. Harbaugh makes at Michigan, and I don't know, I didn't look up Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, what he makes. But you figure well, two of the top four aren't in the top ten in terms of pay. Alabama well, and Georgia are.
0: Harbaugh renegotiated and went. He took a lower less, rate. yes, right,
2: because of COVID. I heard that but I don't yeah. know exactly what he made. Well,
0: th- yeah. That and his bonus, I think he gave to his, his coordinators, but in, in the sense of, you know, like him saying, I want to stay here, but I realize I'm not producing and maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but that was the impression I got is he, uh, uh, he agreed. What you paid me is not what I'm giving you. So, so let's, let's, let's renegotiate. I do want to stay. And I think the same thing is happening with Scott Frost. If well I'm he should. Mistaken. He's shit the best. Because I think he's already been told he will be on for another year. Because
3: Trev Alberts to, is
0: the AD there now. Right. But um, we need to
2: look at your contract,
0: Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those, like in a in a world of like honest broker and genuine love for an institution, that's kind of what I like to see, which is I love this institution so much that it isn't how much I can get out of it. It's, am I also producing for it? You know, what is 10 million versus 7 million? I don't know. I've never made anything close to that. So is it one less boat? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, and maybe that's where the pendulum might swing again, which is, loyal. I mean, because we've talked about this as well. Like we're in an era now, you recruit nationally. You don't purely recruit from a, I've always dreamed of going to this institution. I mean, you know, you look at, I'll just, I mean, George is the one I know more than any other, but you know, you got players from here in North Carolina, you got players from New Jersey, you got players from California. They didn't grow up hating Georgia Tech, you know, or dreaming about winning the SEC. They started thinking about it as is this the program that's going to get me to the next level? Yeah. Do, am I bought into that national brand? Are the coaches connecting with me? That's what got them there, and that's kind of where things are now is it's less about I've always dreamed of playing here, so therefore I don't care what you pay me or I don't care what you offer me. I'm coming. It's a little bit more of a transactional relationship.
1: Yeah, which makes it sad because, you know, and you kind of touched on You touched on a guy like uh, Harbaugh or Scott Frost who they've clearly shown – that they're emotionally invested. And if I'm a player who's being asked to go out and be emotionally invested every second of every snap of every play, well, I kind of want that from my leadership, right? I want them to be emotionally invested, not just there because the you know, of the paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hope that's kind of what I hope we see more of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, now to that point, Where does Ryan Kelly and Lincoln Riley come in for
1: you and fake, you know, well, fake Southern accents uh, well, and shit? Like, yeah, I, know. I mean, that's a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I'll tell you because I was thinking about this because uh, when we were talking about Beamer probably leaving for Oklahoma, I was pretty upset about that. um But I been. thought, I thought about it though. This guy has stated multiple times and and unprompted in various in various places that he chose South Carolina, that he had other options. This is where he wants to be for a very long time. He wants to be there for his, his wife wants to be there. His kids want like, they want to grow up and grow old there. If he leaves to go to Oklahoma for the money, he wouldn't the coach we wanted there anyway. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, and, uh, and, and not to
0: mention every assistant coach who came there on good faith, mm-hmm. who's He's like going to have to shift. You, right. I've got to move my family. I got to move my kids. You know, kind of thing.
3: No, not only that, if I'm if I'm Oklahoma, I'm looking at him going, okay. So a year ago, he was you know preaching this this sermon of, you know, I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in. We showed him a big paycheck, and he bailed on them after a year. What's he yep. going to do to us in two to three years? Right? I mean, yeah. It, when it another when another top SEC
1: job opens right. up. And they throw double more money at him again. Now, I
3: mean, we all know that
1: that doesn't fucking matter. Clearly,
3: I mean, you know, they're just they're just looking for the current payday, and you know, everybody's using
1: everybody in this sport <laughs> when
3: it comes to that. So, I'd like
1: to believe not. I mean, you like again, you see guys like the Harbors and the Scott Frost, where they're clearly they're like, hmm. They're no, the exception I'm, to I'm, the rule, though. I think I know, but I'm really hoping there's more of them out there. Well,
0: and I will say this: I don't for a second think that any of these decisions that were made by these coaches were easy. It isn't. I mean, they've got to go look those players in the eyes. They've got to tell them they did what they thought was best for them and their families. And it wasn't, I mean, like Brian Kelly a year ago with all those recruits, he wasn't lying to them. Same with Lincoln Riley. He wasn't lying to them. Like he had a vision, but things happened that were unexpected. I change. don't imagine a year ago, Riley or Kelly thought an LSU or an USC would come call him. None, no. I mean, none of us knew that shit going into this season. And so as they think about their lives and they think about where they're going with their families, what's next, what they want to achieve personally, professionally, they got to balance that. And I I don't doubt it comes at a cost and they've got they got to deal with it. They got to live with that.
2: Yeah. You know, you talk about the pay and then we look at the hours and they did a thing about the hours that college coaches are putting in. And it says they're clocking in about a hundred hours a week during the season. To put that in perspective, a week has 168 hours, hundred hours a week means you're using 60% of your time for work. Okay. And so you're averaging about 14, 14 and a half hours a day, seven days a week during the season. Now, the interesting part is Nick Saban makes 9.7 million a year to work 100 hours a week. Shane Beamer makes 2.7 million a year to work 100 hours a week. Why is look, if, if one can do it, so can the other. Pay coaches 2 million, 2.5 million, 3 million a year, right? Doesn't that make a school more lucrative?
1: Well, paying the coach less. Here, I think we all agree, right? They should all, if you're in the SEC, you make a base salary of $4 million a year. Three and a half, three, whatever. But then there's incentives right. to your contract for what you accomplish throughout the course of that year, and that's where you make your. That's where you can really make your big money is through incentives. They've, but they, here's what they've done is they flipped it. They pay them a base, and you see the bonuses aren't that much. The bonuses are yeah, two hundred k, it's the yeah, two hundred k. There,
0: yeah, right. It's like they all the want that guarantee we talked yeah. about the guaranteed yeah. dollar. The only thing I'll say to that is. Um, we we see the the waning of NCAA in terms of really how much it's able to accomplish. Yeah. And if I'm the SEC and I wholeheartedly believe I'm the premier conference, then I'm going to say my market is going to bring in the best and the brightest. I don't care what a Pac-12 is doing. I don't care what a Big 12 is doing. I if my institutions can afford it and their, their donors, their whatever boosters are going to chip in to get the best and brightest. I mean, think about this. 13 of the 14 sec schools are bowl eligible this season. That's the first first time time ever, ever, ever happened. The only school. I mean, 13 of 14. And that speaks to the talent of the coaching. I mean, this is one of the best seasons we've ever seen in terms of year. Who's like the one who's not in Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt. I
1: presume. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Week in and week out, we've seen some phenomenal games. I mean. Well, and the, we've the, all seen
1: games we didn't expect the outcome for. Yeah. Of either. And we're yeah. pretty well. of of Lane Kiffin
0: is doing very well at Ole Miss. Yeah. Mike Leach has been a good fit yeah. at Mississippi yeah. State. Yeah. Josh Heupel has turned Tennessee around. Brian Harson, I think, is a good fit at Auburn, at least so far. You know, I mean, they had some trials and tribulations. We'll see. Uh, you know, you like Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Florida's going through some turmoil, but they're bowl eligible. You know, pulling off that win against Florida State was huge. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, the SEC is still in a really good place. It's going to make a lot of money in these bowl games.
2: But so, financially – the- yeah, but if the SEC said, "Okay, we're gonna all all fourteen schools are gonna get together. We're gonna say we're gonna put money in a pot and go. Okay, f- like Ha said, four million a school times fourteen schools. This is our pot for coaches. Everybody gets an equal share. Go out and find your best coach. So now Alabama does not doesn't have the ability to pay more than a Vanderbilt. Right. So does that not make Vanderbilt more lucrative to coaches coming there? Like, how are you going to attract a Lincoln Riley to a Vanderbilt if a USC can pay you a hundred million? But Vanderbilt, yeah,
0: I mean, I guess I'll ask: Is that? But is that what you want?
3: Well, it's facilities, right? Yeah, but doesn't it make us?
2: Wouldn't it make whatever if it's Big Ten, if it's Pac twelve, if it's you know the Big Twelve? Them doing that, wouldn't that make their whole? conference better as a conference instead of having just the Alabama Georgia's. I
0: I just wonder if you might bring the bottom line up, but you bring the top line down.
2: Yep. It's possible because you're saying a Nick Saban, a Kirby smart won't coach for 4 million.
0: Well, I I mean, I don't know that they will or they won't. It's hard. It's, it's a hard um
1: all right look you okay. know
0: mental exercise because we're not there we, right. we can't but, make it that way
1: but we're using an arbitrary number for me we're saying that well, SEC yeah. is the top the top premier uh, conference in the country so so you let, let's say if we look at the average of the top 10 top paid coaches per year is what and then that's the but that's yeah. the baseline. maybe that's
0: a different way to
2: approach it right you that's say, the baseline everybody and makes then, seven you'd be yeah, talking right. about Six. seven about seven and a half million dollars right
1: so here's what you're doing. What you're doing is you're just further strengthening the conference because now a Vanderbilt, you know, can get a decent coach in there. You know, I mean, not that not that Kentucky isn't strong now, and Arkansas isn't strong now, but in South Carolina isn't strong now. But now some of these programs that have kind of struggled to get solid coaching leadership in there can get that, and it just makes it more competitive, which makes it more fun to watch.
2: But if you're well, looking at the SEC, I think your middle of the road in the SEC is going to be about five million, kind of where the the Harson and uh, and the uh, Mike Leach's are that's going to be about your average. So, would a coach in the SEC
0: not be willing to make five million?
2: Well, I know the Vanderbilt I, coach the, would.
0: The one, oh. the one counter to that I'd offer is, um, we haven't really addressed how much money all the assistant coaches make. So, yeah, but like pin, let's just say, to the head let's, coach. Well, I mean, but some are making over a million. Well, um, yeah, but if,
2: if, if a Kirby so, Smart under Saban's making a million and Saban's making nine, that's pennies. Yeah,
0: but that's kind of where I'm going with this, which is the head coach is one thing, but we know it requires a, a fairly staff. robust staff. So yeah. if I'm dealing with my institution and I say a seven versus nine, just because my ego thinks I'm, I'm the best coach, so I should be making the most but maybe I don't want that top line because I want my assistants because I don't want them freaking leaving.
2: You want to pay them more? I want
0: to keep bumping them up because I want to strengthen the staff in totality. Then that might be where you start seeing other areas of like you're spreading the wealth a little bit. Right. Um, because we all know not everybody's meant to be a head coach. They think they are. And then they get <laughs> not there everybody's and they're like, and they're like, this shit's hard, but I'm really good at being an OC. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, right. uh, but, I mean, and even it, not... it, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I think about it. And I don't, I, I don't, I'm not in Kirby's head. I suspect if this season goes really well, there's going to be some renewal, extension, etc. Munkin and but, leaving. But you're talking about, like, you already mentioned, it, Dan Lanning. You know, yeah, um, uh, a Todd monkin Someone's I don't know, come know those individuals. Somebody's going to come call, and, and you know, it might be. I mean, how many times have people taken a swing at Brett Venables? Right. And he's never left. Yet. But he's making good freaking money. You know? N- right? Yeah. I
1: mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and maybe he if he does leave, that might be an indicator where that program is. But um I mean I mean, frankly, I mean Kirby didn't leave for years. He was with Saban for a long time. He he wait waited for, that, for the right opportunity. Smart, right? Yep.
1: You wait for that right thing. He
0: knew he yeah. wanted to be a head coach. He just was waiting for the right. Yeah,
1: the only hit. the only problem was he made the wrong choice. He should
0: have <laughs> clearly. Is Venables <laughs> waiting for Sweeney to to step down? I don't think so.
2: No, I mean, I, it's so funny
0: it? to me. Everybody that says, you know, when Saban leaves, Sweeney's going to go there. I I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see that happening. I, I, I don't did, think
2: Alabama's going to want to pay his forty seven point five million. Well, and I did laugh out.
0: thinking about what Alabama offered Kirby. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> he did coach there for like seven years you yeah, know but it's possible lane lane kiffin yeah yeah so i, I mean it, mm. you know the economics are what they are it's a it's a crazy time but you know uh to pull from when kirby smart was asked about dan mullen getting fired you know he he, he just said hey i mean the money's there and expectations are really high with one comes the other you know, he's like, I, I know Dan's a good coach, hate it. It just is what it is. That's, that's the world we're living in right now. And so with, with Lincoln Riley and with Brian Kelly, the expectations are through the roof as well. Yep. So enjoy that stress because you know, it comes with the paycheck.
2: Yeah. Again, this for me was an interesting one when I started doing the research, because it was like the disparity between what coaches are making your top coaches, obviously, or even your kind of your bottom, your Shane Beamer is making 2.7 and the players are getting nothing. And it's just like institutions and what they're paying the dead money, five and a, you know, almost half a billion, over half a billion dollars, really, at this point. Uh, 533 million getting paid out in the last 10 years to coaches to not even coach. And they probably went elsewhere and coached. I don't know who all was on that list, but you're talking half a billion dollars to pay coaches to walk away, you know, schools buying out another coach's contract to bring them in and pay them a hundred million dollars a year. I mean, it's, it's, you know, absolutely fucking
0: ridiculous now.
1: It's ridiculous. Cause it makes me wonder who's picking up that bill. The fucking students picking up that bill. In some of those cases, right? Which
0: is, uh, I think a lot of donors are. Do boosters. you? Do you think so? Yeah, yeah, I think some boosters have some tremendous influence. Of like, hey, I, I'm just not happy. I'll pay it.
1: But let me, now, me, I mean, let me, like hypothetically, any statement, but hypothetically, it's, it's overblown, you know. But I'm just thinking that that cost of that has to trickle down to somebody. Right. It's not trickling down. I mean, it could be trickling down to them not being able to get professors that they need to come in and teach. It could be trickling down to, you know, costs to the, the, the to, to go to school there.
0: Right. And that just
1: seems counterintuitive to me. Well, it's ridiculous. that's why you
0: got a chancellor, president, board of regents, etc., because mm-hmm. they've all got to weigh in on that. Yeah. You know, and you worry about how they'll weigh in. So,
2: yeah. Uh, as always, gentlemen, I do appreciate it. Again, this was one, it, it was less about debate and more about us just kind of examining the topic and pay disparity between coaches and players, because we already did the debate about collegiate athletes getting compensated, which, you know, w- where we fell isn't really relevant to this topic. But then you look at what <laughs> what pay is and coaches getting paid astronomical salaries to what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying not coach. I'm, I'm just saying I fucked up my microphone.
0: And yes, I'm, you did. Yes, you did. You went loud, quiet. No, nothing. There we go. go. I can hit it with my hand. Um,
2: But, you know, coaches getting paid astronomical salaries to really do what? And it's coach like Saban. How much coaching I get? He's a name. He's recruiting. I understand. But he's probably not sitting in people's living rooms anymore. But he's the guy Mm -hmm. sitting there like if you need to make a phone call, he calls and says, hey, we want your kid. You know, that's what he does. He's a figurehead at this point, but he's getting paid a ton of money to do it, which I think is probably where all coaches would love to be. But I do appreciate you guys bringing your perspective. Mac, you were surprisingly quiet. I thought you'd have more to say. Um, But that's I think
3: I mean, I think you guys hit on everything that I wanted to talk about.
2: Hit that nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. That's right. There you go. Uh, so as always, gentlemen, I do appreciate your perspective and 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 what you bring to the table. And if I don't tell you enough, I love you guys. And I appreciate you being here week in you and week out. You don't. I don't I need tell you. More. you really okay.
1: don't. More I will work on that. I need
2: my bread buttered. I will That's work right. on that. On
1: both sides. So and for all you. Sprinkle some cinnamon sugar on it and okay. toast it.
2: So for all <laughs> For all you mass debaters out there, please check out a spiriteddebate.com. You can find all of our episodes there in the vault. Check them out. Our sister podcast, Liquor and Leagues, is also there. If you'd like uh, our takes on the SEC football, uh, please winning. feel free Please feel free to go there and hate on Georgia <laughs> Bulldogs as much as possible. Uh, check out uh, spiriteddebate.com for all of the drinks that we have. Drop us a line there, a drink you'd like us to try. You can go to at gmail.com and hit us up there as well, a topic or a drink maybe just some some general feedback. Always love hearing feedback from our listeners. We always appreciate it. And maybe if you have a topic worth debating, we'll get you on here and let you uh, kind of give your opinion on something and we'll see how that goes. If you're from Jersey, we'll definitely take you. So please drop us a line. People from Jersey seem to have their shit together when it comes to debating. So as always, we will leave it there. And gentlemen, I appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. information or opinions expressed during the A Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests involved and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the hosts or guests may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. While guests are invited to listen, listeners acknowledge that they are not being provided professional advice for the podcast or its guests. The content within the parameters of A Debate podcast series or any affiliated podcast are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Any views or opinions
1: are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.